So, first of all, let's think about um, some bad people and some good people. So, can you think of some examples and tell me the name of a really bad person? It can be from the past, a historical figure. Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, someone will always say Hitler when you say who's a bad guy. Okay, so who can think of a really good sort of person? Might be a person living or a person of the past. You you wouldn't. This person's just perfect. Who's this? Yeah, you're trying to think. Annabelle's got it on the tip of my tongue, I can see. No, 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 I won't accept that answer, no. No no one in the building, no. So, Mother Teresa. So someone always says Mother Teresa too, I reckon that's right too, Mother Teresa. So we recognise there's some good and some bad people around. Okay, so okay. Um, Two stories in the life of Jesus, they're almost sober. So we've had one of them read already. And to sort of shorten the Bible reading section, I'll read one during uh, the sermon. But the first one we had this Bible reading already, there was a religious leader who came up to Jesus. And uh, we had that read, so he was on his way to Jerusalem, he's Jesus. Um, Up comes a man, Uh, he's described in one of the other Gospels as being a youngish man, so he's doing well, he's sort of promoted as a local, local sort of religious leader in the synagogues or something like that of those days. He wants a discussion with Jesus about how to receive eternal life. And you'll remember the reading, Jesus runs some of the commandments past him, some of the Ten Commandments, past the man who says, I've done all these things, what else can Jesus suggest? And Jesus uh, says to sell all he has, to give to the poor and follow me, Jesus. And the man went away very disappointed. That, in bare bones, that's the, the incident there. So uh, in our notes, uh, Jesus met two men. You'll see this in your sermon notes if you want to follow along. Whilst getting near Jerusalem, uh, significance because he's on on the way to the cross to die for sins. There were similarities and differences between the two men. Uh, the first point is the religious leader wanted to ask about the way to receive eternal life. So that's the first thing we see. And then uh, a little bit later, we'll just look to this uh, next story. As Jesus moves on, we'll come back and look at these these two men. But the next story comes up just a couple of verses down the track, so to speak, is that Jesus entered Jericho, which is very close to Jerusalem. He made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector in the region. He'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus. He was too short uh, to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road because Jesus Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name, Zacchaeus, quick come down, I must be a guest in your home. He quickly climbed down, he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. The people were displeased, he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, uh, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I've cheated people out of their taxes, on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus replied, he responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. But the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So his two stories, almost side by side, and we're near to Jerusalem, we're near to the, cr- the cross, Jesus' death. 
Uh, and in your notes, we see that Zacchaeus, the tax collector, was happy just to see Jesus. So again, a few little uh, thinking things for people to call out the answer. What are the what are the similarities between the two stories? What are the similarities between the two men? What's the same, Oscar? They're both rich. Both rich. Yep. And another similarity between the two stories. Both want to talk about. Both are all about. Eternal life. There's a, there's a topic, an underlying topic there, okay, but there's some differences between the two men, aren't there? So in the first one, we've got a man who is. Differences, think about Mother Teresa and Hitler. Yeah, a good, a good man and a bad man, yeah, that's, that's a difference, yeah. What's another, what's another difference between the two? Uh, yeah, self-sufficient. One, one was willing to give away his money, one wasn't when, when he was put away. Yep. And uh, Jesus proclaimed that one had received eternal life. Apparently the other one went away sad. So there's similarities and there's differences there. So in your notes, uh, both men were rich. Both wanted to see Jesus. One was morally good, the other was morally bad. But surely the good person... Surely the good person goes to heaven and the bad person goes to hell. That's what we that's how we usually think of things. It seems to be the other way around this series. What's going on? So in our notes, the topic really for today is what is the way to connect with God? That's really the topic. Well, first of all, the religious leader. We've seen that Jesus was travelling to Jerusalem and he was meeting all sorts of people on the way. As he talked with people on the way to Jerusalem, he was showing them always the way to God. And it's what we're thinking about this evening, what these two encounters with Jesus tell us about how to find God. So, as I said before, there was a man who wanted to be sure that he had found God. And he was a religious leader. He was someone whom people would have looked up to in that society, a leader in society, and he also had lots of money. So he comes running up to Jesus. He made his move. He went up alongside Jesus. He asked him the question. He said, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So this is to be the topic of conversation between the two men. How to inherit eternal life. Eternal life means uh, life in heaven with God forever. He means, what, how can I find the way to God in heaven? And he uses the word inherit because he knew that you received eternal life as an inheritance, as a son of God or as a daughter of God. He's, he's, he seems to be clear, I don't have to earn it, although that's got to, seems to be in his thinking, but something that God is going to give, I've got to be a true son or daughter of God. Very respectful to, to Jesus. He dresses him as good teacher. Maybe the man wanted Jesus to go easy on him. He was hoping that Jesus would tell him maybe that he was already a certainty to get into heaven. But Jesus answered like this. And he said to the rich ruler, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. So he was saying to him, Look, let's think about God for a few moments. What is God like? Well, we know that God is all-powerful. We know that he is all-knowing. We know that he is completely perfect. That is what's meant by the word calling God holy. And yet God is also loving and faithful to people. 
He's an upright God and he gives laws consistent with his character. So, well, says Jesus, you know the commandments. And he's talking about the Ten Commandments, obviously. And he quoted five of them. Uh, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't give false testimony on your father and mother. There's five other ones which we could look up, but we won't. they're the ones that Jesus chose. That was good enough for the test. Well, the religious leader reckoned that he'd been all right with all these commands. He kept them all. And though we can realise that no one is perfect, we can probably realise that this guy, uh, though he was sort of saying he'd kept them all, he probably wasn't 100% truthful all his life, and he probably wasn't perfectly obedient to his parents when he was a little kid. Nonetheless, Jesus goes easy on him. And Jesus seems to accept that this religious leader is a good specimen of humanity. So the man says to Jesus, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. So was this guy okay by God? He was certainly a good man by human standards. He would have been a good neighbour to have next door. This guy, he would have been one of the best in Jamboree, I reckon. You probably would even trust him as a babysitter. So this man, in our notes... He was a genuinely moral man. The religious leader was a genuinely moral man, but there was something wrong with him. It was on the inside. And Jesus could see what it was. So Jesus said to the man, there is still one thing you haven't done. And this would have been a surprise to the rich leader. He thought he'd covered every base. He'd kept all the commandments. If there was a command which he didn't know about, all Jesus had to do was speak the word and the man would do it. So Jesus said, sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Uh, The religious leader had plenty of money. We'll see in due course that the other man Zacchaeus also had plenty. Now there's an inbuilt problem with money. Money, when we've got a lot of it, possibly even when we've only got a little bit or an average amount, it tends to come first, becomes the most important things in our life. People and God slip down the list of being less important than money and possessions. So the question arises, must I give away all my money if I want to connect with God, the way Jesus was treating this uh, religious guy? Well, note that none of Jesus' 12 disciples had to give away all their possessions to follow him. Uh, Peter speaks up a bit later on. Do you remember? We had it in the reading. He said, well, we've left our homes to follow you. But Peter was a married man. We can figure out that the 12 disciples kept the houses they were living in. Their wives and their children were still back in the house while they were walking the roads with Jesus. And if I myself gave everything away, I'd be sleeping on the park benches, and so would you if you gave everything else away. There was a reason Jesus spoke so bluntly to the man. Because Jesus said, when you get rid of all your stuff, then you'll be able to come and follow me because his money was stopping him from doing it. That's true, of course. No one gets to heaven by being poor. Rich people and poor people are exactly the same in this way. We all must follow Jesus. But as well as being a good man on the outside, the rich man was a greedy man. Good on the outside, but not right with God on the inside. 
There's a command which God has given, do not worship idols and false gods. And that religious leader had a false god, an idol which he was worshipping. But it wasn't an idol built out of gold or silver or wood or something he could actually bow down to in his house. It was still very real. And that idol was his money. He loved his money. He probably loved the luxuries that it gave him. And he thought his life was secure because of his money. But Jesus' ideas about money was very different. Jesus reckoned that money was a test. How you used it showed whether God had any place in your life or not. So Jesus told him to sell all he had and give the money to the poor. And if he did, he would have treasure in heaven. And by this expression, treasure in heaven, Jesus evidently means the same as eternal life. And that's exactly what he wanted. Because you remember, he opened up the conversation by saying, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So in our notes, the man was told to sell all he had and then come, follow Jesus. But he went away very sad because he had lots of money. And you must be a follower of Jesus because Jesus leads the way to heaven. If we want eternal life, we want heaven, he's the one who leads there. Another time Jesus said in a, in a different situation, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to God except through me. And he then proceeded to die on the cross for our sins and rise up from the dead to prove that he does know the way through death and that he is the one to guide us through. So the man walked away saddened. He said, it says, he became very sad because he was very rich. And that's in the notes. I think there's a space there. He went away sad because he was very rich. And the bigger our idols and the more time and the money we've invested in our idols, the harder it is to throw them away and follow Jesus. So isn't this weird? A genuinely good man misses out on heaven. And it means for you and for me that we're not able to be good enough for God. We must be fair income followers of Jesus. So in our notes, we see that whether you follow Jesus or not makes the difference. Whether you follow Jesus or not, it makes a difference. So there's a second man, a second story occurs nearby. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. As we saw, this man was the same in two ways and different in some ways. One thing that made him similar is that he was wealthy. He was the chief tax collector, which meant he was in charge of other tax collectors of that area. A couple of problems with being a tax collector. If you're a tax collector, you're working for the enemy because the Romans had taken over the land and made you pay taxes to them and they found people who would do their dirty work for them and collect the taxes and Zacchaeus was in that. So he was like a traitor to his country. He was working for the enemy. And secondly, being the chief tax collector in charge of others, he had lots of opportunities to rip off some money for himself, to give what was left to the Romans, but he was loaded with dishonest loot. So he was wealthy. But much of it was dishonest wealth. And that's uh, a, a space to fill in on your notes if, you, if you're doing that. 
So other things were similar, and both, both of the rich men we've looked at, we're looking at tonight want to see Jesus, and both are interested in what Jesus had, for, had on offer, had to offer. So they were both searching for God. They were both searching for eternal life. The differences between the two men, well, as we've seen before, and I remind you, one was morally good, the other was morally bad. One gave away his money, the other didn't. Zacchaeus is uh, famous for climbing the tree. When I did it in scripture, and I said he was a very short man, and I was in, probably in about third class, teaching third class, and I said no one would let him in. What do you think he did? And one kid put his hand and said, shut up. And I kid put his hand and kicked. He said, no, he climbed a tree. And that's what he did. No one would let Zacchaeus see Jesus, so he had to climb a tree. That's in your notes. And when it says Zacchaeus was wanting to see Jesus, it's more literal in Luke's uh, writing is he was seeking to see Jesus. You must seek for Jesus if you want to find him. At the same time, however, Jesus is seeking for you. Luke chapter 11, back there, Jesus said, Seek and you will find. Zacchaeus was evidently not fulfilled by a rich and sinful life. His money didn't satisfy him. The chances are he was asking life's most basic question, why am I here? So he was on a search, and there he was up in the tree. But then, uh, in our notes, Zacchaeus, uh, Jesus invited himself into Zacchaeus' life. Because when Jesus got to that tree, and the text is quite explicit, somehow he knew Zacchaeus was up there, and it says he stopped and he looked up and he spotted him and he said, you come down because I'm coming to your house today. He didn't have to call out and say, look up here, up here. Can you help me anyway? He just stopped. He knew, that's my man. Get down, I'm coming to your place today. So in the reading we heard, he looked up and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick come down. I must be a guest in your home today. He probably scurried down from the tree. He almost certainly ran all the way home. When Jesus got there, he welcomed Jesus with joy. And here's from a uh, a TV show that tried to portray that incident. Jesus sitting and eating with Zacchaeus and others. Outside the house, people were whinging. Jesus has gone into the home of a sinner, which he had. Inside the house, Zacchaeus stood up and he said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, which he had, I'll give them back four times as much. So in our notes, compared with the religious leader, Zacchaeus got rid of what was keeping him from God and he began to follow Jesus. And Jesus responded by saying, Salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, Jesus talked about himself like that, the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. And maybe Zacchaeus just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus, but he was ambushed. Jesus spoke to him face to face. And people usually do get more than they bargain for with Jesus. Now, the word today which Jesus uses, salvation has come to this house today, is an important word when Jesus is talking. This was the day of Zacchaeus. 
Today was his day of salvation. In our notes, we can note that Zacchaeus was filled with joy because he realised that today he was right with God. So what did he have to do to get right with God? He knew what it was. His own love of money was what stood between him and God. So he jumped to his feet in the middle of the meal table and he got rid of the barrier between himself and God. The correct word for this, if you want to be technical, is repentance. Tearing down the barriers which I put up between myself and God. Barriers which people put up to keep God out of their, our lives include working hard for their money, owning and loving a home, playing oodles of sport, making anything except God the main thing in their life. Zacchaeus knocked the barrier down. It's called repentance. And God forgave Zacchaeus' sins. So in our notes... Zacchaeus repented and God forgave him. And Zacchaeus' joy was the joy of a sinner forgiven. And a joyful moment of conversion is authentic Christian experience. To be accepted by God and to know it, what could be more joyful than this? Zacchaeus was going to enjoy God forever and he got cracking on it straight away. Jesus once said there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who don't need to repent. Well, they did need to repent, but they, didn't, they couldn't be bothered. That sort of com- comment by Jesus, I guess. So Zacchaeus stood up at the meal table, and Christians must stand up and acknowledge the Lord Jesus. He accepted Jesus as Lord. He, he says, in effect, here and now I repent. He doesn't use the actual word repentance, but he's certainly renouncing his godless lifestyle. He says, I will give, not, not meaning when I get round to it, and if I can fudge out of it, I will, but rather he means I'm committed to doing this. He was telling everybody what he was doing. They were all outside looking in, craning their necks, listening in. And the people at the table too, they were listening in. He was inviting people to come and make their claim for reimbursement for where they'd ripped him off four times as much, he said. He confessed to being extortioner. When he said, if I've cheated anybody... He meant, because I have, in fact, extorted money. Repenting and confession of sins is the road that leads to heaven because Jesus died for your sins and God forgives those who repent and follow Jesus. So here's our conclusion tonight. If I've managed to convince you the morally good man missed out versus the bad man got in. One went away sad, but one rejoiced at being saved. Are you a true Christian, or are you still hiding away from God behind various man-made barriers? Thanks for listening to Jamaloo and the Lane Church.